as you grow and progress, you do it at a different level. You know, like I may be dealing with imposter syndrome now, but it's not the same type of imposter syndrome I was dealing with when I was just starting my business. And it's not Mm -hmm. gonna be the same type of imposter syndrome I'm gonna be at when I have a million dollar business. It's different levels. And we think that if we don't have it figured out, there's something wrong with us. Like what's wrong with me? I've been reading all these books and trying to figure it out, nothing. This is just what happens. It's a process. It's not ever gonna be a place where you get to the end. It's not clear cut. Like my self-confidence is like, that's a great thing to work on, but it's not black and white goal that I can ever be like, I've achieved this. Now I can make a vision. I can say what it'll feel like. I can, you know, do all those things. But then when you get to that level where you're like, I feel confident in this, something else is going to come up that you're going to have to handle. And it's about having those tools in your toolbox to refer back to when you feel like quitting, when you feel like giving up, when you feel overwhelmed, when you're just like having a down day. Welcome to the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast, where we bring you real life working mom stories, tips, tricks, and advice for thriving and surviving in motherhood, because you shouldn't have to experience working motherhood alone. Join our community of support as we discuss all of the things and how we get by in this sometimes crazy and imperfect journey of working motherhood. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast. I'm so excited to be back with you today talking to Kara Harvey, who is a former teacher turned productivity coach for moms. So Kara helps moms develop systems and routines in our lives so that we can manage our time and take control of our life. That way, so we can maximize the results we get from our goals and live the life that we're inspired to live following our purpose. So today I'm talking to Kara about all of the things related to being realistic in setting goals in our mom lives, um, forming routines, habits, keeping a positive mindset along the way, and so many more things we talked about on this episode that I cannot wait to share with you. Kara is an absolutely amazing Um, mom business owner. She has tons of programs and offerings that we'll go into later in the show, but she is just an overall amazing, organized, inspirational woman that I cannot wait for you guys to be introduced to. And I hope you enjoy this episode. So let's get started. Hi, Kara. Welcome to the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast. How are you today? I'm good. I'm so excited to chat. So thank you for having me. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on the show. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, your background, and just sort of anything else you want to share with the audience? Yeah, sure. So my name is Kara Harvey. I am the founder over at A Purpose Driven Mom, and I help moms take massive action on their goals without burning out because I've been a burnt out mom. 
because I know exactly what that is like. And I've been on the struggle bus before. So I'm a mom of three. My kids are three, five, and 14. And I've been married to my husband for, gosh, it'll be seven years this year. We actually met in my old profession, which was a school teacher. He was the assistant principal and I was a teacher. He's actually my direct supervisor. So it was like a little bit of a scandal there. But <laughs> cool, because we got married. So And I live outside Philadelphia and I get every single day to help moms just find time for their goals and what really matters to them. I love that so much. So you have a program and a membership called A Purpose Driven Mom. And I actually, that's how we met. I found you there in October. I was on a summit. I think it was the Mompreneur Summit. And then I just... Uh, started looking into your resources and really kind of just loved everything you were doing. So can you tell us a little bit about A Purpose Driven Mom, how it came about and sort of how you got to where you are today? Yeah. Oh man, it's been a whirlwind because I never meant to become an entrepreneur. I call myself like an accidental entrepreneur because I wanted to be a teacher since I was seven years old. It was Mm -hmm. all I wanted to do. I'd play school with my sisters. I mean, it was it for me. And I absolutely love teaching, but right around year eight, I just got super burnt out. I just couldn't do it anymore. I was working our summer school program and the school I worked at was a high performance charter school. So the kids were going to school eight to five and every other Saturday. So I was there 6am to 7pm Saturdays. I'd go in on Sundays to make my copies. And I remember when it hit me because it was in the summer and I was on an admin path. So I was the principal of our summer school program. And so the last day of summer school, it overlapped with the first day of regular school for teachers. And I sat in my car and I cried and I got home and I said to my husband, like, I can't do this anymore. I've completely lost like who I am as a person. And my mental health is really taking a hit. I'm never seeing my husband, my stepson at the time, this was maybe like six years ago. So he was younger. I didn't have my other children yet. This isn't the life that I want. And my husband is a numbers guy. So he's like, great, we got to pay our bills. Um, This is what you need to make, like, in order for us to have this work. And so I was dabbling in network marketing. You know, I was paying for my product. It was a hobby. I liked it. It gave me some fulfillment. And I said to him, I think I can make this like a thing. So he was like, go for it. And that year I hustled. I hate the word hustle, but I did it because I knew that if I put in this work right now, I could do it. Like, I just knew it in my core. And so at the end of my eighth year teaching, I left the classroom. I was able to uh, not replace my teaching income, but make that like bare minimum we needed. And I started dabbling in entrepreneurship. After about a year and a half, I think full-time in network marketing, I was burnt out again. I was doing all of the same things that I was doing in teaching. I was working 40 hour, 60 hour weeks. I wasn't sleeping. I refused to leave messages unread because I was so paranoid that people would go somewhere else and I would lose my business. But on the outside, everything looked great. At this point, I had grown a six-figure network marketing business. I had 250 people on my network marketing team. Like It looked really successful, but I was dying. <laughs> I was absolutely dying inside. And so I am a Christian. I prayed about it, and I was like, I don't know what to do here. And I felt God say, you could do something different. And it was really scary for me because this is what I had left to do. And I thought, if I'm not doing this, I'd you know, replace my teaching income. I would live in the dream. Like, What am I supposed to do? And that's when I realized that I was given these like talents and gifts of organization and productivity that I took for granted that other people don't naturally have that I could help moms with. Like I was the one in my friend group who was always helping moms make their budgets or organize their schedules. Like those types of leadership and admin things have always been on my plate, either in my personal life or in in a job. 
And around three years ago, because I remember it very vividly, my son was a three-week-old and I was nursing him over the boppy pillow. I built a website and Purpose Driven Mom was officially born. I had an ebook that I sent out via Gmail to people who would pay me on PayPal. Like it was not a thing, but I remember the first time I was able to come up with this $17 ebook and someone give me money for it and then tell me, wow, this really helped me build my schedule. I thought, okay, this is it. And so over the course of the past three years, it's just been a roller coaster of figuring out how I can serve moms best. And the past nine, a year and a half, I've really landed on productivity and time management because I think that it's a missing piece for so many moms that can help them reach all their other goals. And now I get to do that on my podcast, which is called The Purpose of Your Mom Show, in my membership, which you're, you know, you're a part of and in my courses. And you know, I get to help women internationally reach their dreams through productivity. And it's just kind of the best job ever. Yeah, that's absolutely amazing. So yeah, isn't it funny how like, so I got started online too, and you just have those kind of moments of sort of like doubt that you have to deal with. And so can you talk a little bit about sort of that mindset? Like, how did you get to that point where you just said, okay, I just have to do this. I can't, like, I have to kick out that doubt from my mind and just move forward with it. Because I know that like stops a lot of us from doing things. Yeah. I mean, it kind of was a little bit of a rock bottom and I don't want people to have to (laughs) to have to hit that, but you start to feel, I think along the way, these like tubs, right? You start to feel when things don't feel aligned when things don't feel good to you, when they don't, not that everything has to be fun all the time, but when you're dreading doing it. Now, don't get me wrong. There are things I don't like doing. I don't like designing and I don't like tech, but I have to do them in my business, right? So it's not about like, oh, I don't like doing it. It's about, oh, I don't like, this doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel good. And it doesn't align with my values. So I think Mm -hmm. the piece that's important for moms who have dreams or they're trying to figure out what to do with their current career is asking yourself, does this align with where I see my life. If I'm saying my family is my top priority, but I'm working like I was 60 hours a day and not seeing them, well, there's a disconnect. Listen, work can be your top priority. I'm not telling anybody like what their priorities should be, but if that's what you're saying and you're not seeing it all connected, well, that's when you have to do that gut check and say, what needs to change right now? Mm -hmm. And then that comes in with the constant mindset work. I think people want mindset to be one and done. They want to say like, I read this one book and- I'm fine. Like I'm fixed. And Mm -hmm. I have been constantly working on my mindset for over 10 years now. And I actually just had a Facebook memory come up and it was from 13 years ago. And it's just said, I'm broke and miserable. And I had screenshotted that on my Instagram and I got so many messages. People like, I can't even imagine you saying those things. Let me tell you something. I've been broke. (laughs) Like even in the course of building my business, my husband was out of work almost the first year of my business. We were on food stamps and welfare, like sitting at the food pantry, like selling things to get diapers. So I know what it's like, but Mm -hmm. my mindset was different at that time. And I think what happened to me right around that time, so that was 13 years ago. So yeah, somewhere in between that, that 10 year mark, I started to learn that personal development isn't like just for weirdos who have something wrong with them. It's for anybody <laughs> who like wants to achieve something, right? Because we think that like you see the self-help aisles at the Barnes and Noble and you're like, eh, tuck and roll. Like, I don't want people to see me in there because then they're going to think something's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. There's something wrong with all of us. And I think once we are ready to actually change, 
then we can make moves. And so what I started to do and what I recommend is this 10 minutes, this concept of the compound effect. It's a book, it's by Darren Hardy. It's the personal growth book I ever read. And I recommend it to everyone who, if you've never read it, because it literally sets the foundation. That 10 minutes of reading a personal growth book, listening to a podcast like this, getting your mind in the right space every day, you're not going to see results on day one. I'm not going to mm-hmm. like read a book about self-confidence and all of a sudden think I'm the best thing in the world the first day. But day in and day out, 10 years later, I'm at this point where hard stuff happens all the time. Imposter syndrome hit me the other day pretty hard. I was actually just in like a clubhouse where I'm talking about imposter syndrome. Like it hits all the time, but my bounce back is so much shorter because I've been constantly feeding myself the good stuff. I've got it in my toolbox. And so if you're struggling with a belief in yourself, if you're struggling with feeling like, well, who am I to do this? If you're struggling of like, I don't even know where to start. Things just feel like kind of up in the air. Mm -hmm. It does start in your mind and picking up a book on the topic, listening to a podcast. And I think what's cool about the podcast concept is that you can hear people who've been in your shoes. I can tell you how people who were like, I was a teacher who got into network marketing, who now runs my own business, like the same story. And you can see that. And I think that's inspiring for us to say, wow, I can get there. And especially for moms, Kelly, because the thing is moms forget to dream and we'll get there. And I see it in the moms I work with. They're like, I don't even know how to make a goal for myself because I don't even know how to dream. So I think by immersing yourself in 10 minutes a day of a book, 10 minutes a day of a podcast, whatever it is, builds it up. You start to hear people's stories and you're like, I could do that. That's how I ran my first summit. I attended a virtual summit that someone else was holding. And I was like, I love this. This is so fun. I love hosting events. I'm going to run one of my own. It might not have ever crossed my mind if I hadn't put myself in that, uh, what does Brene Brown call it? Like put yourself in the arena, right? If you don't even get yourself in there to to fail, to try it, to be vulnerable, to see if it's something you might want to do. Yeah, I love that so much. And it's so true. I think I started listening to a lot of personal development podcasts like around three, three and a half years ago. And I'm finally getting to a point now where if I have some kind of negative doubt kind of thought creep in, I can take care of it easier. And it's probably from, you know, the effects of listening to all those podcasts and reading all those books and just getting all of that positive psychology going. Like it is so important. Yeah. And you don't even realize it's happening because you're just doing it. It just becomes a habit. It just becomes a routine. And then your mindset starts to change. The people around you are like, what's going on with you? Things that used to trip you up, they might still trip you up. And I think that's the other thing. We think that we're going to hit this level and we're not going to still get tripped up, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I had six figures on my business this year, right? I still have the same problem, not the same, right? But similar problems that I had when I hit four figures or five figures, right? And I'll probably still have similar ones when I hit seven figures. It's not about the fact that if we don't fix, quote, fix ourselves and our things, there's something wrong with us. It's that as you grow and progress, you do it at a different level. You know, like I may be dealing with imposter syndrome now, but it's not the same type of imposter syndrome I was dealing with when I was just starting my business. And it's not Mm going to be the same type of imposter syndrome I'm going to be at when I have a million dollar business. It's different levels. And we think that if we don't have it figured out, there's something wrong with us. Like what's wrong with me? I've been reading all these books and trying to figure it out. Nothing. This is just what happens. It's a process. It's not ever going to be a place where you get to the end. It's not clear cut. Like my self-confidence is like, that's a great thing to work on, but it's not black and white goal that I can ever be like, I've achieved this. Now I can make a vision. I can say what it'll feel like. I can, you know, do all those things. But then when you get to that level where you're like, I feel confident in this, something else is going to come up that you're going to have to handle. And it's about having those tools in your toolbox 
to refer back to when you feel like quitting, when you feel like giving up, when you feel overwhelmed, when you're just like having a down day. Yeah, for sure. I love that. Just having sort of like that whole arsenal of tools you can go to just when you need them the most, like at any moment. So yeah, I love that so much. So how would you say, so 2020, that was a a year for all of us. How did 2020 go for you just in terms of managing, you know, your business, taking care of your family and trying to like fit all those pieces together? I kind of ask every guest this question because I know it just so like it comes up again and again in the working mom space and in the mom space. Like how did we deal with it and any tips you can give for people? Yeah. I mean, what a year, right? You get to the end and you reflect back and you look at all the things that happened or didn't happen. And you're like, how did I survive that? (laughs) I think that for me, 2020 was a year where I had to learn to be more flexible because I don't have control of everything. So my kids, you know, they were home from March to the summer. And then Mm -hmm. fortunately my kids' preschool was open. So I have been sending them. My oldest is virtual schooling, but I went in with this mindset of flexibility at any moment, their school could tell me they're home. And that's actually what happened two weeks Mm -hmm. ago, the teacher had COVID and my kids, they just went back today. So it happened like we've never had anything consistent for longer than three weeks, I think since January. And I am really type A. Like I'm so rigid. I'm like, flexibility, like that is not my thing. And that was the lesson I had to learn was because I think I can control it all and make it look one way or the other. And I realized that I don't have control over those circumstances. So right around March was when my spring summit happened and it was the week of the pandemic and it could have gone one or two ways because it's a summit for moms who want to learn about routines. Uh, we had 4,000 people attend, like the women moms were like, help me. Um, So it actually went really well. But my kids were home the entire time. I didn't plan on them being home the entire time, but they were home the whole time and I had to figure it out. And it was after that week that I realized that the routines that we had established prior to the pandemic, what was the glue holding everything together? Mm -hmm. So I really believe in routines and rhythms over rigid like structured schedules. And we had made these routines, like this is our morning flow. This is our evening flow. This is what happens after school. And even with my kids not being in school, they were able to like fall right in back into them. Now, did they happen at the same times every day? No, even them being home the past two weeks, we do the same morning routine every day, but we, we didn't have to be out of the door at nine. So we let them go play a little bit longer. Mm. We slept in a little, like we just moved it, but the same things happened in that block. And so On top of just being flexible, I think for me, it was learning that establishing routines is going to help like guide your ship, but also being willing to like move them around because that first, you know, week or so when the kids were home in March, I was just trying to keep my head above water. Like, what does this look like? Like, how am I supposed to get work done? And then my husband was working from home for part of it. He's a school administrator now. He's a CEO of a charter school. So he's in and out of home and at the building and not in the building. His kids are in and out. So like trying to get, you know, used to him just being in the way when I'm trying to heat up my coffee, like this is my space and I'm trying to heat up my coffee. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, honestly, that's probably the biggest challenge is like working around my husband. He's not home today, but like working around him in my space. But, but yeah, I think knowing that spending the time to have created routines in the beginning helped when we had to change our routines because my kids understood what that looked like. And then being willing to be flexible with how things happened because my kids had to they didn't have to. 
I chose to let my kids watch more TV, right? We had Mm -hmm. more tablet time. Like some of the things, if I had to do calls, like this week, especially, I couldn't reschedule all of my calls when they were home all week. And so I just kind of had to cross my fingers and hope the tablet like did its job for 45 minutes. And that's okay. It's not ideal, but I learned that we can live through the non-ideal, but the okay. And we don't have to always have it be perfect because I think I feel like I'm going on a little tangent, but I think that like, that's one of the things that holds moms back from doing things is this thought that if it's not perfect, I can't do it. Oh, I don't have two hours to sit and like take this course or read this book or work on this work thing. So I shouldn't do it at all. And I think that was one of the things I learned was like, yeah, maybe it wasn't perfect at all, but I was able to hit my reading goal last year by sneaking in 10 minutes of a book every day. Mm -hmm. You know, like you just have to be strategic about it and not throw your hands in the air. And some some days I did. Some days I was like, I don't know what we're doing right now, right? (laughs) But for the most part, I thought it was important to say like, here's my intention. If it doesn't go well, it doesn't go well. And then just kind of roll with it. For sure. And yeah, I think that's what has helped me so much too in everything you teach in sort of your membership is just doing things in those chunks of time that are manageable because that is so much easier than trying to say, okay, now I'm overwhelmed. I'm behind because I didn't start this course yet that I paid for. But if you schedule it out, like in a chunk every day or in a chunk every other day, then you're more likely to hit that goal. Yeah. I think that as moms, we need to look at our goals differently. It was actually somebody in the club. They told me they were reading another book by like a well-known productivity expert. And in the book, it's, so she doesn't have any kids, this, the author. And it was like, so you need to take two hours, you know, every day to do this and this. And she like posted in the club and was like, what? <laughs> because <laughs> as mom's like, would I love two hours straight with no interruptions to do anything? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's not real. That's not real for us. And I think that as moms who are working moms who are trying to maybe also work on your own personal goals, or if you have like side hustle goals and all that, mm-hmm. we have to be strategic and realistic about our time. And we have to get over like, that is perfectionism, right? Like feeling like I can't do this if X, Y, Z isn't beautifully put in place, right? And perfection is another form of procrastination. Like we're putting off our dreams, our goals, the things we want to do because it doesn't look like we picture in our head. Things are never going to look that way. And I think the sooner we can realize, and it's not about settling. It's not about saying like, I'm just going to settle for life being whatever. It's about being realistic and intentional. It's about the grace that I'm going to do my best because I have a plan And if the plan doesn't go well, okay, but I'm not going to go day to day with no plan just because I can't get a Saturday retreat to go to a hotel by myself to work on this project. Yeah, exactly. That flexibility is key and giving ourselves grace. I live by that. Just always giving myself grace when things don't go as expected because it happens when you're a mom. It happens when you're a human, period. So I think just realizing that you know, you can still move forward slowly, even if it's slower than what you intended. I think that's a huge takeaway that I get from that. Yeah, for sure. I think that we want to rush, don't we? We want everything accomplished right away. And if we don't hit our goals by January 31st, then (laughs) we're a failure. And it's like, no, why are we always rushing? Because when you're rushing through stuff, you're not going to do anything super well. You're just going to do everything kind of mediocre. And I would rather go deep instead of wide. I would rather get really skilled or learn something or work on something 
and get it done completely than be scatterbrained, feel yeah. all over the place and feel like I have to do it all. Like I was just on a workshop last night and I was talking in the comments with some of the ladies about like, how many goals do you have for the year? And somebody said they had 52 goals. And I was wow. like, oh, wow. You're gonna work on <laughs> I mean, she just said, she's like, oh no, I'm going to work on one a week, which I thought was cute. But many of the other ones said like upwards to 15 and that's about average. You yeah. know, when we sit down to make our goals for the year, we make around 15 and it's too many at one time. It's not too many throughout the whole year, but it's way too many at one time because you're not going to do any of it well. And then the second you mess up on one of them, you're going to quit on almost all of them. Not to be like Debbie Downer, but it's what typically happens. Yeah. Oh no, I agree. I have definitely been there in the past. And yeah, if you just set out to do too many things at once, you're just going to get overwhelmed. And then that's going to kind of throw you off track. Exactly. So Yeah, so that kind of um, transitions well into the next thing I wanted to talk to you about. So you mentioned like this whole thing about using routines to bring sort of that order and structure and how that can kind of combat the overwhelming feeling that a lot of us moms experience. So can you just talk a little bit about that and how like someone who feels completely overwhelmed right now, how could they even start like today to try to reclaim that sort of structure and to stop the overwhelming feeling at least a little bit. Sure. Yeah. It can be really hard when you feel like you're drowning from day to day and then you feel like you have to fix everything right away. And so my recommendation is going to be starting with a vision, moving back to a baseline and bridging the gap. So I'd love to like deep dive kind of into this framework that I teach. For sure. So yeah. At least, yeah. Let's talk about the vision piece because I think that a lot of times we just jump into goals and routines. I got to get my schedule together. Let me find my perfect planner. I buy six of them. I can't find it. Where'd it go? <laughs> right. We try to do all those things. I think it's important to sit with what's my vision and what do I truly want? So this could look a few ways. You could sit and journal what it is. You could make a list of all the things you'd like to accomplish. So let's do an evening routine. Let's walk through an evening routine example. So you know that every night you sit down and you just throw your hands in the air and you're like, I don't even know what happened today. I would recommend starting with an evening routine. I think it's the most important routine that anyone has over the morning. I know everyone's like, get up at 5 a.m. first. Nope, I'm gonna tell you start the evening. So sit down and journal. Like, what does it look like in this ideal evening routine? Okay, I want you to like go through and write what you're doing. What time does it start? What time does it end? No, don't go at seven o'clock. I do this at seven and five, but none of that. Just literally brain dump your vision. Where do you wanna go by the end of your evening routine? And I was just talking about this on a live, but I, I talk about, three different things you should have in an evening routine. So if you're doing this example with me now, if you're not driving or anything, here are some prompts. You want some things to close out your day, some things to set up tomorrow and something for you. Okay, so minimum three things, but use those categories. And this could look like loading your dishwasher, wiping the counters, sweeping the floor, you know, to set up for tomorrow could be like making meals, looking at your calendar, picking out your clothes. And then for you could be anything. It could be reading, could be time with your partner. It could be journaling. It could be watching a course. Okay. So brain dump the vision, start at the end. And I'm hoping if you set like a 15 minute timer and you just write and you tell yourself, you're just going to dream for like 15 minutes and you can't stop writing or doodling or drawing to the 15 minutes is up. You're going to have a great list. Okay. And we start there because if you know where you want to go, when you hit hiccups along the way, you're more connected with that vision. Okay. So step one is put on a timer, brain dump it out. 
Where, what does my ideal evening routine look like? Now we're not gonna start there though, because when you start there and you go from, I've got no evening routine to like, let me do 30 things at once, you're done by <laughs> Tuesday, right? We call it the Monday mentality. Same one you have, you know, when you start a diet and you say you're gonna like work out for five hours a day and carbs are the, you know, the enemy or whatever. Then by Tuesday you've quit and you say, I'm gonna start again on Monday. We do it with everything, okay? So to ditch that, we're gonna start with vision, but then we're gonna go back to the baseline. Where are you now? And so what I recommend you do is a time inventory. Time inventories are key. We don't want to do them because they take time, but they're going to let you see a few things. Time inventories are going to help you see like where there's gaps in your schedule. You know, those times where you say you don't have enough time for something, but you really do because you're scrolling TikTok for like four hours or whatever, you know, it is or 30 hours here or 30 minutes here or there. Like I just found a gap in my schedule. I literally was putting my kids to bed and then I sit in the hallway before they go to bed while they fall asleep. And I scrolled TikTok for 30 minutes. And I realized I was trying to do my prayer journal and I kept messing it up. I'm like, I'm not doing this. Why am I not doing this? And I was like, oh, it's because I'm scrolling TikTok for 30 minutes (laughs) and I didn't have the time. But we don't know those, those little spaces. The other thing that a time inventory is going to tell you is, are you trying to put too many things in? So we'll add all these things in and you're realizing, and I realized it's my mornings, everything's getting so busy and you're feeling stressed and it's just like, it's too many things. Okay. So how do you do a time inventory? You can do it on your phone. You can take a piece of paper, whatever you want to do. And you literally are just going to write down all the things you're doing. Now, again, we're not going to stick to an hourly schedule, but for the concept of the inventory, I want you to do that. And you're going to say like, okay, at 7 p.m. I put my kids to bed from 7 p.m. to 7.30. I sat on the stairs and I scrolled TikTok and then I came downstairs and then I did this and I this and this. And then for the things that you do the most, you can put on the bottom of your paper and just do tally marks. So checking my email, Facebook, Voxer, Instagram. I didn't track every minute I was on social media. Your phone will do that for you if you have an mm-hmm. iPhone, right? So you could actually look at your apps at the end of the week. I just put a tally mark. Every time I went to open my email, tally mark it. So I could see, wow, Look how many times I'm opening my email when I should be taking a course. So we've got the vision. We go back to the baseline. And now we're going to bridge that gap in between. And that's where we're going to use what I call habit stacking, which is essentially taking your vision and creating a distraction-proof plan that you will be able to stick to without being overwhelmed. So in the concept, you're not doing it all at once. You're picking a few things. You're going to grow the routine. Let's look at this evening routine example. So say you have, uh, we'll say eight things on your list and you're like, I want to complete these eight things before I go to bed, two in each category. It feels really good to me. Instead of starting them all, just pick one of them and start one that first week. So you're like, I'm going to load my dishes. That's always where I recommend starting because then you wake up and your dishes are done. And then in the morning you put them away. And so then all day you're just putting things in the dishwasher and not piling your sink. It's like visually makes things so much easier, right? So week one, just load your dishes. That's all you're going to worry about. Now, a couple of things are going to happen. You're going to realize that it only took you six minutes to load your dishes when you typically would talk yourself out of loading the dishes for like 20 minutes, right? Don't we spend more time <laughs> like talking about, like, I'm not loading this, it's going to take forever. I don't got time for that. Yeah. I literally had a call this morning at 9.30. I had to empty the dishwasher because I didn't do it before school. And I kept saying, oh, I don't want to do this. It's going to take too long. And I was like, nope. And I put on a podcast and I did it in six minutes. And I was like, okay, girl. Like, so even I have to work on that. So start with that. And you're going to see, wow, things don't take as much time, but you're also going to start to gain momentum because you created that vision at the end. You know what the next step is going to be. You're going to start to work ahead. So you finish the dishes and you're like, oh, I also said I was going to like sweep the floors. So let me just take a second and sweep the floors too. You don't have to do it. So on the days when it's hard and I don't recommend doing anything for seven days, five to six, we always do seven. 
for some reason. And I don't know why you're setting yourself up for failure. None of us are perfect. Something's going to happen and you're going to have a night where you don't do it. Now, if you do seven, you can be like, pat yourself on the back. Great job. Again, it's not about not dreaming big. It's not about pushing yourself to your full potential. It's about realistically making goals for your season. So then we get to week two, right? You notice that you've done your dishes four days, you know, out of the week, you're feeling good about it. So you do what we call track and stack. You see the data, the data tells you you've done it four out of five days. That's 80%. I'm going to add another habit. It feels good to me. So say you get there and you realize you only did it one day out of five. That's when I wouldn't even recommend adding anything. I would say grow the frequency. So maybe your goal this week isn't five days a week, but maybe you're like three days a week. Let me see if I can do it three days a week and you build that momentum. Mm -hmm. So then week two, let's say it went well. You're going to add in something else. So then in week two, maybe that's when you add in making meals for the next week. Now you're doing the meals and the dishes. Track it, track it, track it. Week three, we're going to add something else in. Now you're adding in something for you. So then you add in maybe doing your planner the next day. You track it. Week four, you loop back to the beginning. Something for to close out the night. Then week five, you know, and it just builds. And people will say to me, but won't this just take forever? Okay, but what have you been doing so far? (laughs) Like, it's going (laughs) to take time but it's going to stick. This is the best way to make your routines stick. It's the best way to get your family on board because I know that there are moms out there who came back January 1st with the, they had their family meeting. They sat down. These are all the things we're changing and no more (laughs) TV is gone. And their kids were like, what? Like that's not going to get anybody doing anything. So when you slowly do this concept, I've done it with my kids TV time. I've done it with exercise. Like you could do it with anything. You create long lasting habits and routines that actually will stick. And then you can customize when you add something in, when you take something out, what it looks like long-term, and then it will actually stick. And you've got a vision, you know where you're going, and then you periodically, you go back in and you check, hey, let me do a time inventory when I'm done with my habit stack and see how I'm spending my time now. And then you've got progress. And that's really exciting. Yeah, I love that so much. I've noticed that, especially like with the exercise part, like I used to talk myself out of it so much, but I just started following what you said and like stacking it and then adding something different, like each week. And now I feel like it's kind of just like I do it. I just naturally do it. And it's just, sometimes you're tired and you know, there's off days always, but like you said, don't aim to do it seven days a week aim to do it five or something. And it does psychologically something, it does something to you psychologically that you're like, did I just get tricked into doing this routine now? Because now I just feel like it's natural. Like I just do it. Yeah. It becomes a habit and you don't even notice it's a habit. Like for me, exercise too, is something I've done for seven years, five days a week. I don't have to write it down in my planner anymore because I just do it. And I'm, listen, I failed gym class in college. I sat out every day in high school. Like I hate exercise. (laughs) but I know that it's good for me and I know it's a habit and now I don't have to track it. And I think the other thing that comes with this, starting with the vision, doing the baseline and crafting the in-between like that bridge is that it helps you make a plan a lot of times. And I'm hearing this a lot now. I'm seeing it on Instagram memes and it's like driving me crazy. You know, like my why is stronger than my excuses. And like, Mm -hmm. that's annoying to me. There's nothing wrong with your why it's your plan. That's flawed. Your Mm -hmm. willpower is muscle. It's a routine. It's a, it's something you have to create. We always have to like grow external motivation before internal motivation happens. And there are some days I don't want to do stuff either. I find my, I'm Enneagram three, like I'm super motivated. Like I'm in, I'm committed. And some days I don't want to do it. 
And yeah. so no. So some days I lose motivation too. And I think that when we lose motivation on this path of working on a routine or a goal, or even our to-do list, we feel like we're flawed. Oh, I'm such a loser. I knew I wasn't going to be able to stick with this. Why did I even make this goal anymore? Mm-hmm. Why do I even bother trying? What's wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with your willpower, right? It's the plan that maybe was too big. Maybe you didn't chunk it. Maybe you didn't pre-plan it. Maybe you didn't leave room for life to happen. You know, yeah. that those are the things that are wrong. Now, do you need a strong why? Yeah, heck yeah. Like you need to know where you're going, why you want to go there. You need to be anchored into those things. But that is not the only reason your plan doesn't work. It's not because you don't want it bad enough. There are lots of people who want to be millionaires and grow their businesses. And their lives are very different from some other people, right? You've got like a single dude who like has had all the advantages in the world who doesn't have anything to worry about, Mm -hmm. you know, compared to someone who's maybe hit a lot more roadblocks and obstacles and is managing their home and they're a single mom, all those things. They're different paths. It's the same, like we all have the same 24 hours in a day. We all have 24 hours in the day, but they're not the same. And I think that we need to acknowledge that. And again, realize, no, we're not victims of our circumstances. We can make really great plans, though, that fit what I call our priority-based productivity that allow us to stop like looking at the Joneses and chasing all that and say, what do I want? What's my vision? What's the routine I want to get to? Track my progress, make my uh, movements, get towards my goals, manage my time, and hit your goals at your pace. But again, and then people are like, well, you know, like I'm supposed to dream big and shoot for the stars. Yeah, do all those things. But if you don't, that is literally going to bridge that gap. Your why doesn't actually matter. It doesn't matter at all. Yeah, I love that so much that you brought that up. Yeah, I think so often we're just so, we just talk negative to ourselves. And especially as moms, I mean, I know I had negative self-talk before I became a mom, but it seems so much more amplified after you become a mom. And it's just giving people these strategies and tips to try to overcome some of those things I think is so important. And I could probably talk all day about those topics, (laughs) but before I kind of move on to a little lightning round, is there any other advice that you'd like to give to moms about just like anything that's on your mind? Sure. I mean, I think right now, you know, we're still like, well, at least when we're recording, right, it's still early in the year. And maybe things feel exciting. Maybe they feel scary. Who knows how they feel for you. But I just want to encourage moms out there, like whatever your goal is, whether it's trying to manage your home and your career outside of the home, whether it's trying to start your own business, whether it's trying to find a hobby or something you can do to take care of yourself, it's totally worth the time to make the plan. I think a lot of times we feel like we're too busy to even stop and make the plan. I want to encourage you, if you schedule 15 minutes a day for a week and actually give yourself those tiny chunks, like hide in your bathroom or your closet, sit in your car, like whatever you need to do. Again, it's just 15 minutes. By the end of the week, you'll have a vision. You'll have some sort of a plan. And I think you'll start to grow that confidence like, whoa, I can do this. And you're worth that time. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's really good advice. Love that. So I ask a series of questions to every guest to kind of just get to know you a little bit better and find out like what you're working on and what you're super excited for. So what is something you'd consider so to be we've talked a lot about like routines and habits and all of that is there something you have to do day to start or end your day on a positive note yeah so 
I mean, I have tons of routines, but the one that I do every day without fail is I listen to like a five minute meditation on this app. It's called Abide. It's like a Christian meditation app. Even and so, and my kids get up early. So my kids are up between five and 6 a.m. Like when I hit my feet hit the floor, my kids feet hit the floor. Like there is zero quiet space in my day, but I mm-hmm. make sure that I do it no matter what. I make sure that while they're eating their breakfast, I go sneak into the other room and I sit down to have five minutes. Is it always quiet? No, not at all. But I do it anyway, because that time is like, that's my time with God. It's my time to center myself for the day. And it's my time to just start on a good note. Because if I, like, I really do want to get up before my kids. And I was telling my husband, I was like, I really want that time, but I would have to get up at 4 a.m. And my body (laughs) doesn't want to do that. And we were actually just talking about this in, in the club. Someone had asked this, like, you know, what happens? What about physical exhaustion? And like Maslow's hierarchy says, like, we need to take care of ourselves. So like, we don't survive on little sleep. So mm. even 5am is early for me, right? So I take that time anyway, because it reminds me, one, it just connects me with my creator, but it also just reminds me that I'm worth like taking a little bit of time to do something that is good for me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that's so important. So if you were having sort of like a difficult day where nothing was going right, or you just felt like nothing was going right, and you kind of fell into like that negative space that we were talking about earlier, what would you do sort of like a working mom hack to turn the day around? Yeah, okay. Make yourself a playlist on Spotify. So I have a playlist on Spotify. It's called You Are Amazing. It's mostly like The Greatest Showman and Florence and the Machine, but it's just wonder Disney music, like my fave songs. And I will stop my day and get in motion and have like a little dance party just for a song or two. Like when I feel like I do it before every webinar, before every call, like it's my pump up because it just makes me feel so much joy. And I don't think we as moms allow ourselves time for joy. And so go today to like Spotify and like make your own playlist of your faves and then use it when you need it. Because it really, that movement, there's something about movement in the brain that will literally like we can change and impact our mood so fast. And so that is my go-to when I'm like feeling down, I listen to it on loop. Yeah, I think, yeah, I love that. I think that's so important too. I, um, a lot of moms have answered, like have a dance party in the kitchen for five minutes. And I think it's so true. It's something about it just like snaps you out of whatever was even going wrong in your mind. Even if it was nothing like major, it just kind of snapped you out of it. So who would be your favorite podcasters, like bloggers, your favorite like author or somebody who like truly influenced you in your life? Sure. Yeah. I was thinking about this when I saw this question come over. Cause I was like, I have a few currently that I wanted to shout out. I've got two and they're both working moms. So I thought it would be perfect. So the one is she's become a great friend of mine. Her name is Beth Ann Schwamberger over at Brilliant Business Moms. And she's just been such a good friend and a mentor for me. I'm in her Facebook ad membership and it's wonderful. I highly recommend it. She's also super courageous on speaking out about like injustice in the world and racism and like all the things that are also super important that I speak out. So we've been able as Christian women to have really hard conversations together. And I'm just so thankful for her lately. And again, like her content's really great on top of it. And then another businesswoman is Stephanie Gast. She is over at, is it Mompreneur Mastermind? And I found her podcast by accident. I've done a couple of discovery calls with her and she just feels so inspiring to me because she talks a lot about boundaries and running her business, turning her social media off and and doing all those things. And that is something I started taking like my social media off my phone on the weekends now. And 
it's just inspiring to see other people who are in the same industry, who are killing it, who are doing great, and who aren't putting their family last, who aren't attached to their phone, who are saying it's possible to do it without hours and hours and hours of work. I mean, you still got to work, right? But it's not the hustle because there's so much like bro marketing and stuff out there. So it's nice to find like moms who are in the trenches too. Yeah, I think that's so important to know that you can be successful at your dreams and be a mom at the same time. I think that's a lot of what the premise of this podcast was Um, when I first started it. It is just like teaching moms that you can do both and you don't have to give up like that dream and you don't have to give up that time with your family. You can do both at the same time. Yep. So what are you currently working on within your business that you're most excited about? Yeah, well, when we're recording this, we're gearing into summit season. So the next three months are all about the Purpose Driven Mom Summit, which is on March 22nd. So it takes a lot of work to put on an event. We're aiming for close to 10,000 attendees this year, which is like a huge wow. goal um, and is going to be epic, but it's a lot of work. So right now I am so excited to just like, not, especially now that the kids are back at school, to just like dive in a little <laughs> bit and get all the summit stuff together because it's my favorite event of the year. Yeah, that sounds really exciting. I'll definitely be taking part in that and definitely I'll share it too because I know it, it can help a lot of other moms. So. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today. And so can you just tell people real quick where they can find you online? Where do you hang out the most often? Or if they're interested in joining any of your programs, where should they go? Yeah, sure thing. So Instagram is my favorite. So I'm over at a purpose driven mom. I also have a podcast purpose driven mom show wherever you podcast. And we have a free Facebook community. If you search Purpose Driven Mom, it'll come up. If you're interested in learning more, I have a free on-demand workshop. So it's called How to Take Massive Action on Your Goals Without Burnout and Overwhelm. So if you like some of the stuff we're talking about, but you want some visuals to watch it, make sure you head over. It's over at apurposedrivenmom.com slash goals. And you can watch that free training. Perfect. And I'll also link all of that in the show notes. So everyone can just click right on over to it if they're interested. And yeah, thank you so much again, Kara. I really, truly enjoyed talking to you. I'm so excited that you said yes to come on the podcast. And I can't wait to see everything you're going to do this year because I know it's going to be amazing. Well, thank you. This was really fun to get to chat. Yes, it was. Thank you so much. And to another episode of the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast. Don't forget to go check out the show notes for links to all of the resources that we've talked about today. And I wanted to let you know of an amazing new mini course that I'm offering. So if you head on over to the workingmomcollective.com slash purpose, you can sign up for a mini course on discovering the path to your purpose. So in this course, I will take you through six modules to help you go from stressed, burnt out, and overwhelmed in your current career situation to happy, excited, and hopeful, and filled with passion for pursuing your purpose. So this mini course will set you up to pursue your purpose with the mindset that you can actually turn your dreams into a business. So go to the workingmomcollective.com slash purpose 
to sign up for this free mini course and tag me on Instagram once you sign up, letting me know what you've discovered in your journey to pursuing your passions. So let me just tell you, I have been wanting to release a resource for all of you for the longest time. And I'm finally just putting this out into the world in hopes that it will help somebody that was like me about a year or two ago when I was completely unhappy in my current career situation. I knew I had to make a change, but I didn't exactly know where to even start. I didn't know what even the next step would look like. So this free mini course is for you if you have that feeling where you know that you want to do something more, that you want to pursue something else, and you just really are unsure of where to get started. So it will be six modules. Module one will be a skill assessment and survey. Module two will be mindset work. Module three will be truly exploring your dreams and what those look like and how you can actually turn them into reality. Module four will be taking those dreams that you explored and formulating them into a business idea. Module five will be marketing plan basics for marketing your business. And module six will be the tech tools that you need to get started. So if you would like to start pursuing your purpose today, then just go sign up on the workingmomcollective.com slash purpose. And like I said, tag me on Instagram or DM me or send me an email and let me know how it's going for you. I really want to help you through exploring and discovering your purpose and some business ideas that you have. So please do tag me and send me DMs. I read all of them. And thank you so much for continuing to listen to the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast. I will catch you on the next show. I would be so, so grateful if you went and left a rating and review of the podcast So Apple loves it when you rate and review the podcast that you love listening to. And it would just mean the world to me if you went over and left a rating and review for the podcast. So that way our show can be introduced to more working moms that really, really can gain positivity from these episodes that can teach them something. So if you go and leave a rating and review, I would be so grateful and just thank you again for continuing to listen every week. You are the reason why I continue to talk into this microphone for this podcast. Without you, I would have the podcast. So thank you so much.